0: Welcome to Fellowship 17, a biblical podcast from Child Evangelism Fellowship for the Christian Community. On this podcast, we discuss various biblical topics, passages, and truths, and how those truths have impacted the lives of people around the world. I'm your host, Elizabeth Griggs. Today, we're sitting down with Brendan Troost and discussing what it means to be made in the image of God and how the fall of mankind impacted God's creation. But before we get too far into that, Brendan, would you mind introducing yourself a little bit and giving us a little bit of your history and um, involvement with ministry?
1: Sure. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I am the Associate Director of the Global Partnership Ministries Department, which is our fundraising department. Uh, We've got a team of about uh, 14 people, and we raise about $25 million for the worldwide global uh, budget, and I have been involved with CEF for about 17 years. I started as a Christian Youth in Action student in Florida and served in the summers and uh, was involved on a local chapter level for a few years and then moved to the headquarters where I was a part of the Good News Across America ministry. And if you're new to that, that ministry was a blitz ministry where we would go to a metro area with a lot of spiritual darkness, but a lot of churches. And then we would work with them to reach about 2,000 kids in a single week. So it was a really amazing outreach.
0: We were talking about that over lunch today, and I was like, oh, this sounds really cool, but I wasn't working here when that was uh, a thing. So thanks, yeah. Um, And I know that you and Katie just got back from a trip to Japan. You want to share a little bit about that as well?
1: Yes, yeah, so Katie spent eight months in Korea uh, with Word of Life Ministry, my wife, and, uh, and I have always had a heart for Japanese people, uh, the lost in Japan. Um, Japan suffers from uh, quite a significant amount of uh, suicide, in, especially in their young people, and there's a lot of loneliness and darkness there. So as a personal ministry, I've been working with churches and pastors there to reach those people, and we just were there for 10 days ministering to the people of Japan and working with those churches I was preaching at a few of them um, and Katie was helping them with their children ministry so
0: that's awesome I love seeing how you guys are involved even outside of CEF ministry because that's it's so cool to see each of our staff members and how the ministry of CEF kind of overflows into their lives Mm -hmm. and how just on fire and passionate they are for the things of God so yeah I love I love seeing that side of uh, your guys life. All right. So today we're discussing Statement of Faith 5 from our About page. I'm going to go ahead and read that and then we'll just kind of discuss this and see where it goes. Sure. So Statement of Faith 5, we believe that man was created in the image of God after his likeness as stated in the word of God, but the whole human race fell in the first fall of Adam. Not only was his moral nature grievously injured by the fall but he totally lost all spiritual life, becoming dead in trespasses and sin, and subject to the power of the devil. The carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Romans 8, 7-8 Therefore he cannot see nor enter the kingdom of God until he is born again by the Holy Spirit, That no degree of reformation, however great, no attainment in morality, however high, no culture, however attractive, no humanitarian or philanthropic schemes and societies, however useful, no baptism or other ordinance, however administered, can help the sinner take even one step toward heaven. But a new nature imparted from above, a new life implanted by the Holy Spirit through the word is absolutely essential to salvation. All right. So we're going to spend the next few minutes breaking this down a little bit, because that is a mouthful and a half. And let's just kind of start with um, diving into what it means for man to have been created in the image of God. How does CEF view that?
1: Sure. Yeah, that is quite long, that that uh, culture point or statement of faith point. And uh, what I think is really interesting about the way that it's worded is it makes it extremely clear that there is nothing that a sinner can do to have really dominion over their own life mm-hmm. as it progresses them towards salvation. Yes. Right. So that's very, very clear in our, in our uh, statement of faith. However, it's really natural to man to want to be in dominion. Um, and in fact, Genesis talks about the nature of man as it relates to being created in the the image of God, but also uh, it connects those two with the dominion that God gives us in our nature over the world. So Mm -hmm. in Genesis chapter one, verse 26, uh, beginning in 26, it says that, uh, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so God is sovereign, and we know that. But part of the nature of God is to be sovereign over all creation. Right. And right as he talks about creating man in his image, he also connects us to having dominion. So most people are not asking the question, what does it mean for me to be made in the image of God? They're asking, how can I turn my image into my own God? How can I become the image of God? Uh, that's what the non-believer is saying. Right. Right. But the Christian is saying, I'm not trying to make myself God. I'm trying to make myself like God. And in fact, God says, I'm making you to be that way. So I would say that CEF views us being in the made of the image of God, that God has given us a, a sovereign responsibility over that which he has placed in front of us. And for us in CEF, that really has a lot to do with children. Um, We are entrusted with the responsibility to be God's vessels here on earth, uh, to be worked uh, him through us and to reach the lost uh, in the world. And so when it says you have dominion over all these things, that's not a self-glorifying thing. That's really a glorify God through our responsibility. And there are many, many parables about... Uh, Mankind, as Jesus uh, paints the picture, we are stewards in some way. Right. Yeah, you think about the parable of the talents and how we're supposed to, we were given responsibility over something, and we need to multiply that. Mm -hmm. Or of the vineyard, and the, the owner leaves, and we have to take care of the vineyard. So it's really clear, many, many places in Scripture, that God has given us a responsibility to take care of things. Right. Adam was even given responsibility to take care of the garden. That was his role. But as we have looked at the responsibility God has given us, his last commandment on earth uh, was to go into all the world and preach uh, the gospel to all of creation. And so his most uh, s- uh, important mission to mankind is really to take care of the little hearts in the garden, the children's hearts all around that are supple and ready for, for um, watering and pruning and it is our responsibility then to be to have dominion over that responsibility, right? To take care of that,
0: right? And I like how you pointed out um, this—not that—not that we are equal to God in being made in His image, but that we're a reflection of Him. Mm. And um, this task that He has given us to have dominion over all creation is just um, just a reflection of what it is that He. Longs for our hearts, I guess, is a way of putting that. Um, I just really like how you worded that. And it makes it very simple and um, not confusing. (laughs) I think so many times it's easy to just hear people say, oh, we're made in God's image. God's a spirit, though. So, but hearing it in this essence of, oh, no, like this task that he's given us to care for even these lost children um, just reflects his being. So.
1: You, you use the word reflects, and I think probably the quickest, shortest uh, summary of that thought is: we see in Scripture God letting us know that His heart is that not even one should mm-hmm. perish. And so, if if we're to live in the image of God and to have that reflection, we should be passionate that not even one child should live their life having not heard the gospel.
0: Right, right, and that's that's kind of at the heart of CEF, I mm. would say. So knowing God cherishes his creation, why would he not restrict man to avoid mankind's fall from his presence? I mean, we've created this image, or we've been created in his image, and uh, we know we're incredibly loved by him. So why, why did he not take away the option of disobedience then?
1: Well, I think that it goes to the question, why does God do anything? Um, what is the nature of God as it pertains to man? And so that's actually something we teach in our clubs. We, we try to explain who God is to the children. We, we think that or we know that people have that question, and the answer to that, I think, is found in, uh, well, part of it is found in Romans. I've got Romans chapter 9 here, verse 22 through 24, and it says, What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. That's us. Right. In order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory. Even us whom he has has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. So God has this desire for the whole world to know him and to glorify him. And... You know, that is the big question. Why did God allow sin in the world, right? Right. And the Bible doesn't specifically answer. So um, if anyone tells you they know categorically they answer that, they're probably not (laughs) accurate, right? Right. But what we do know about God is that he loves us deeply. And uh, scripture, as I just read, shows that he wants to uh, have a relationship with us where he is presenting us as vessels of mercy Mm -hmm. that he has saved rather than vessels prepared for destruction so that we can then glorify him with our lives.
0: Okay, and I think we can kind of see that also through uh, Christ's death on the cross. But how do we link this? You know, us glorifying God as His children and as people who are coming in complete surrender to Him, and this um, reflection, I guess, of man falling and God saying, "Hey, here's how I want to, um, here's how I want to display My power in your life." How do we see that pertaining to children?
1: Sure. Well, if I can actually go back to what we do in clubs, we often counsel children um, not to check off some boxes, you know, go to church, read your Bible, um, answer everything with a Sunday school answer and you'll get to heaven, kids. That's not what we do. We actually teach them that God will never leave you. Uh, We put that on their fingers. God will never leave you. Five words that make up one promise and Mm -hmm. you have five fingers so you can carry it with you everywhere. You make a fist, put it in your pocket, it's always with you, right? And the reality of God creating a way for us to have our sins forgiven is very personal and changes us not just for when we die and have the opportunity to go to heaven, but every day. So that nature of salvation that Christ uh, presented to us the relationship that he gave us is one of a father and a son. He's a good father, mm-hmm. and a good father cares deeply about his children. And we want the children in our clubs to know that. So we teach them every single Bible lesson. We teach about God's love. We teach about how they can walk with God and how they can grow in their faith.
0: So because of that, I mean, we're we're talking about Jesus and his death on the cross. And so we can kind of see how this one fall of Adam from the beginning has in, impacted the world. And like you said, sin, sin came, sin was born on the shoulders of Christ when he um, was sacrificed for our sins. Um, how does this pertain to children in our ministry? Why is this significant to children? I know we've kind of pointed out God's heart for kids, but why, why do we see that as something that's important for children?
1: Well, children like adults are subject to sin. Uh, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding in the world, and and I used to, with Good News Across America, go to many, many churches, and uh, I'd I'd actually visit 100 churches a year. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And speak to many pastors, and and there were various responses uh, across the spectrum. I, I had some who were super excited to hear about people who had a focus on reaching children with the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I had some that said, we believe what you're saying, but honestly, children are really messy. I had one person say, we have a new carpet that we just installed, so we really can't reach children right now because they probably would want to come to church. And we don't really need that.
0: Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah,
1: it is. And I think um, I think it was D.L. Moody who said something along the lines of, it is, it is Satan's greatest triumph to believe that children are incapable of having faith like an adult. And so we ignore them. And yet Jesus takes children in Matthew and holds them up as the standard for faith that we are to look to. Mm -hmm. And so I think to think that children aren't affected by the ravages of sin the way we are, um, lying, stealing, um, hurting one another, violence in our heart, uh, even drug addictions. Yeah. I think that children are, are, are very open to all of these things, and just because they're young and they don't maybe understand the full-worldly implication doesn't mean that they are not capable of hearing the gospel, being saved, and living a ministry-focused life. Right. Um, there's a program in CEF right now called uh, Children Reaching Children. Yeah. Or go and tell is the kit that we now have about that, and that program is. I mean, I've heard so many stories. It started in the Middle East, and I heard stories where young kids would go out, uh, who have who have heard the gospel, who learned how to share the gospel with the wordless book. They're not giving a you know a three point sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going out and sharing the gospel with five minutes from their heart, with a passion about this newfound relationship they have with Jesus right. that cannot be denied, and. Um, and they're sharing it with their friends and their friends are just so inquisitive they're coming to hear more and they're, they're coming to Christ as well right, right. yeah so I, I think when it comes to answering the question you know about how does how does sin affect the world how does sin affect children I think that sin is um, the, to the non-believer sin is our basic nature but children have just like all believers, the ability to become a believer, to become regenerated by Christ, become a full uh, gospel-sharing missionary. Mm -hmm. And that redemption story is not only for adults. Right. Um, It's absolutely for children to live in the fullest. And of course, You can live uh, a longer, I mean, you have more years to serve if you start early. Right. Right. So we should not just be uh, expecting children to hear good Sunday school lessons. We should be actually training them like missionaries going out into the field. And we should be giving them responsibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, We should be giving them the tools. And we should be expecting amazing things out of their spirit-driven life.
0: Yeah, because God doesn't limit himself to adults. Right. So, yeah. Uh, Well, we've run out of time for this podcast. Thank you for joining us and sharing very in-depth thoughts. Uh, it's, it's opened my eyes in a different way, for sure. Um, if you would like to learn more about who CEF is and what we believe, you can visit cefonline.com slash about. And this will also be linked in the show notes. Be sure to check out Unite Kids Radio where we unite kids with the gospel through adventures and foundational biblical truths. Give us a like and subscribe to keep up to date on both this podcast and our kids program.